Hey everybody, it's Tug Coker and Catherine Wild Coker. Yep, and this time we had so much fun running a contest at the early portion of this year. We're going to do it again. Now's a great time for everyone to be drinking some great wines in their homes, learning about some wines. So we're going to run this contest again, right, Catherine? I cannot wait to ship you two awesome wines that we're going to talk about on the long finish so that you can sit on your couch and drink with us. So, Here's the contest. It's the same as the last one. If you rate, review, and subscribe to our show, The Long Finish, and leave a review, you can DM us that review, letting us know it's yours, and you'll be automatically entered to win two bottles of wine, and all you have to do is rate, review, and subscribe to our show, then send a DM of that review to The Long Finish on Instagram or TLFpod on Twitter. And if you entered the contest before, you are automatically entered but you could also get your partner your mom your cousin your neighbor to start listening and also write a review review and dm that yeah we got time right so have your friends write a review and stack your odds so rate review and subscribe to the long finish send that review to our instagram or twitter via dm and let us know it's yours and we will hopefully pull out a winner and that winner will be you The deadline is April 20th for us to send two bottles of wine to you for you to enjoy while you're listening to us talk about the wines on the long finish. So go ahead, enter, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Send it to us, and we'll give you a chance to win two bottles of wine. With that, let's go ahead and start the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Nice to see you. Nice to be here doing something other than uh, childcare and work and craziness and just... You know, chill. We're basically doing a relay race where the kids are the baton. Yes. Passing kids back and forth. You're going to work. I'm hanging around. I go pass the kids back off to you so I can go make dinner. We're making it work. Making it work. We are doing it. It's week two of full quarantine. I would say I feel much better this week than I did last week. I can tell you right now. One, I have read less news this week, which always makes me feel better. And two, sort of settling into the new reality and, you know, rolling with it. And also, I've been going to bed earlier, which for me is everything. That's a big key for you. I look forward to getting into all of this. But first and foremost, I want to welcome everyone to episode 26 of The Long Finish. The marathon. The marathon continues. We're happy to bring a weekly episode of, what what do you want to call this, entertainment? (laughs) I think it really is entertainment now. No, I was talking to a friend today who was like, my husband and I, after we put our kid to bed, we've been with each other all day. We literally have nothing to say to each other, but we could listen to your podcast and drink wine. Like that would be something to do. Yeah, to sit in silence. (laughs) 
And let us do the talking for exactly. 35 minutes. Yeah. So episode 26, we got a, a bunch of fun things to talk about. Obviously, we want to keep updated on what's the latest, what's going on at Esther's, and uh, we'll update you with what's going on with our kids non-sleeping as that continues. But also want to talk about the wine and sort of shine a light on wines for spring. Do see some snow across the country out there, but we technically we are into spring. It's going to be a nice weather week for quarantine here in California. So I'd love to get your thoughts on what you think about uh, as far as wines in spring and why this wine appeals to you right now. So what are we drinking tonight, Catherine? We are drinking the Somariva Il Rosso Vino Spumante Brut. It is a sparkling rosé non-vintage from the Veneto, from the region of Prosecco, but it's not Prosecco. So we'll get into that in a little bit. It is such a cheerful, fresh, delicious, sparkling rosé. A lot of thoughts about this wine, but it's happy right now and it's easy and it's for all times of the day, which is definitely something we need in quarantine times. I told you today that I wake up most days saying, you know what, I'm not going to drink as much as I've been drinking during quarantine. But then I watch the kids from 10 to 6 and right around 1130 when I take the kids back from the park to lunch, I'm like, I'm ready for a cocktail. (laughs) I'm ready for something. So I, I totally hear you. But he the, doesn't have it. I do not have people. it. I do not have it because I have real discipline. I wait till about two. But I hear you on the, any time of day having a, a glass of wine, especially on the weekends, whatever the weekends are here in this new quarantine age. But the thing I most resonate with with regards to this wine is that, A, it's a sparkling wine for us that we have not done basically since the holidays. Everyone likes a good sparkling rosé. And it is springtime. You know, you want something that's kind it's of feels spring. light and feels like... Yeah, something fresh, something light. Not so serious. Exactly. Something that you can have with, you know, spring peas when they're out or the first artichokes, even though artichokes kind of make everything taste sweet. But that would work with this wine because there is like a hint of sweetness and fruitiness to it. All those light, delicate spring vegetables. Yum, yum, yum. So I'm excited to get into that a little bit later. But let's go ahead and talk about the week for us. Bedtime. I think we've done a little transition from last episode because, as we said recently, the putting up to bed of our two kids has gone smoothly. Bedtime is no problem. The problems continue with our the post-bedtime past midnight hour, I would say. Yeah. Well. Last night, last night started at 10.45. Okay. The baby was screaming at 10.45, yes. teething. I had to rock him for probably 45 minutes and give some Tylenol. Finally, he went back down. Then the three-year-old's in our bed, walk him back to his own bed, back in our bed at four, woke up the baby, the whole rigmarole. Which is funny for us because we've been rotating mornings. I get up early. Catherine gets up early. I get up early. Catherine gets up early. And two nights ago, when I got up early, both kids slept through the night. And you woke up around seven and I said, w- what has happened? I got nine hours of sleep. I was like a different human. Who who am I? Yeah, all, all the color came back to your face. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. You only needed one cup of coffee for the day. Definitely only one. It was today I had two before 5.30. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. Then I had to have a Coke this afternoon at work. I mean, I have had a Coke many days recently, but come on. That night was pure bliss. That's the mystery. We need to find more of those because the night immediately following that was a disaster night where basically, like you said, our three-year-old was up throughout the night and was basically up for the day around 4.30 and just doing a 
can we get up now? Can we get up now? I said, no, we can get up in 30 minutes. That's a long time. And then he just kind of smacks you on the, the head. And starts singing to himself singing in to the himself. middle of our bed. It's like, oh my gosh. Okay, just go watch Peppa. Yeah, we're, we're in a big Peppa Pig phase for those parents listening to the show. Mom, this is a pile of rubbish. He used the word rubbish tonight. Oh we my both gosh, broke so down cute. laughing because Peppa is an English pig. And so when he used the word rubbish, we lost it. It was hilarious. Great. Yeah, the topsy turvy world continues. Do you feel like the kids can feel any of our anxiety or stress? Absolutely. Of course they can. You know, I think it's gotten better the last week, you know, the first week for sure. I think they're just like us sort of settling into something new. But yeah, they can tell. They can tell when we're having side conversations about different things. They can tell when we're stressed out. All kids can tell that. And I I think it's better to sort of let them in on as much as you can in the most simple way. And so they're not scared. So they feel like they do know what's going on, but that they're safe too. Sons, sons, come here for a second. I'm yelling at your mommy because I'm very mad at her. Because she was five minutes late (laughs) and I'm over it. And I'm at my wits end. You guys, if I I get here at 425, he is going to blow up. Boys, Boys, come here. I'm mad at your mom because I need a break from you. You're driving me crazy. No, that's not what I meant. But it's important to tell them. Well, not like that. <laughs> no, not not, that's not your stress. I'm kidding. I'm but kidding. I did. I apologized to Bo the other day. I was like, I'm so sorry I got frustrated with you. Mommy got frustrated with you and I'm sorry. And he said, it was an accident, Mommy. It's okay. Oh my gosh. It was so cute. Amazing. So anyway, our quest for domestic bliss continues. I'm sure we'll never find it, but that makes the quest fun. On to the work life. Esther's, what's the latest from you? How's week two gone as far as finding this new world order with the delivery and curbside pickup? What's going on for you? You currently have only three employees in the shop. Three employees, including myself. Yep, we're doing takeout, curbside pickup, and delivery for wine and a limited menu just 12 to 4 every day and then closed mondays gotta say kind of like the mom and pop hours personally i do too too. could could handle that but it's been better than i thought to be honest people really want to drink wine right now they need something to do they're cooking at home a lot they need provisions i had a friend come by today it was like look i've never had wine alone ever in my adult life and i am doing that now and eric asimov actually wrote an article in the New York Times last week about, hey, it's okay. You can drink wine by yourself. Don't feel bad about that. This is what people do. Yeah, Yeah, people do that. And, you know, you and I uh, do that. But also you can do with us. And there are so many wines that are great over multiple days. You don't need to have a Coravin, you know, like many wine, the wine we drank last week, other wines we've drank in the past are great over multiple days. I think think it's it's a great question to ask people if you're looking at wines is like, do you think this would be able to handle, you know, multiple nights in the fridge? Yeah. And when Um, people ask, I'm like, I generally like to know that information. Certainly for all the things we've poured by the glass, I know absolutely how they do. Okay, well, this is like, you know, three days or this one is, no, you should drink it in one night. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's just like you said, the Prunus from last week. That uh, was great. Great the next night. night. We had it the next night. It was great. So if you're out there drinking the Prunus or you still have it, make sure you don't... 
you don't feel obligated to drink the whole thing in one sitting. Enjoy it over this two wine. Nights. On the other hand, sparkling wine, not the same. It's nice to have it. I mean, you can have it the next day if you have a nice champagne stopper, but it's easier one night or maybe max two nights. And we do have champagne stoppers at Esther's should you need one. But anyway, the shop is like the fun part about it for me is curating wines for people. I've been doing like owner stuff for a number of years, which is fine. And but like just getting back to talking to people about wine and helping them pick wine for either a case to stock their fridge or like what they're having for dinner tonight is just the ultimate. I just love it, love it, love it. So that part is super fun. The other fun thing, which is so weird, is that I am on the phone all day from 12 to 4 I am on the phone with people I haven't talked this much on the phone since I was in high school I mean I used to be on the phone all the time in high school what was the routine at your house when you had to get a phone call from a friend or a boyfriend they would call your dad or mom would pick up right and they'd have to they'd have to say you know may I speak to Katie please because you can go by Katie yep and then she would yell upstairs and say Katie you know yeah someone's on the phone for you Molly's on the phone or yeah your boyfriend's on the phone <laughs> yeah exactly did boys call you Yes. Please. Don't lie. I'm not lying. <laughs> I was a top pick. <laughs> I was a top pick. I was in the chorus hey, of the music man. Listen, I was in the running for Homecoming Queen. I know you were. I was no, in the I'm court. teasing, but I know you were po- you were I was not popular. I was just nice (laughs) to everyone. Everyone knew me because I was just like nice, friendly person as I am now, you know? And so, oh, there she is. You know, people know me. We had two lines in my house. No, we didn't have two lines. We had a line for the parents and then eventually got a kid line, which I didn't use that much. I think my sisters used more, but I remember getting that number. Still have the number in my head. Yeah, those are great times. I love my friends that had that. We did not have that. We had one line because one, I don't think my dad I don't know if he he ever made a phone call. Did you yeah. have call waiting? We got call waiting. We never later. had call waiting. I don't even think my parents have call waiting to this day. Wow, mine don't now. Yeah, but yeah, we did. We eventually we got it. Which you have to get if you don't have a second line and someone's on the phone for ninety minutes. Which I would definitely be on the phone. Did for your 90 brother minutes. ever like want the phone from you? No, we were four years apart. That's true. Didn't, it wasn't really yeah, that a, th- a thing like that. Anyway, I'm on the phone all day at Esther's right now. I'm talking to people about wine. I'm talking to old friends. I'm talking to customers. It's so fun. It's a funny, rare time where other people on the other end of the line don't have maybe that much to do. So they're, I know. Some people like, are like, ch- they're like happy to chat to another human, too. It's like I had this guy yesterday. He's like... He orders his wine. He's like, well, I'm outside. I'm like, okay, it's going to take me, you know, 10 minutes to put this together. I have some other things. Okay. He starts talking like he wants to talk for 10 <laughs> minutes while he's waiting. I'm like, well, um, I have to go <laughs> and, and build this for you. Yeah, you're doubling as like a hot, like a chat line just to chat. You know, I mean, it is. It's so fun to connect with old friends or talk with people about wine and a list posted. But, you know, our list changes a lot. So there's new things that aren't on there. They might not know the things that are on there. So they're just like, okay, here's what I want. Here's my price range, which is the ultimate for me. I just want to be like, oh, great. Here's what you like. Here's your price. Let me talk to you about these couple things. It's so fun. Yeah, I see you having a lot of fun in this traumatic, tense time that's going on out there. So it gives me a lot of joy to see you having fun kind of placing wines for people and making them happy. That's something that I know you get a lot of happiness from. Yeah, I don't want to just... You know, this is a crazy intense time for so for every single human and everyone's going through it in a very, very different way. Some people are at home with extra time and they have to find things 
to do. And for me, I'm working no, our lives are all cr- the time. Our life is craziness. Crazy, our lives are crazy. Um, to try and keep it afloat, yeah. you know, we, we have to keep our business alive. So, you know, everyone's doing their different thing, but it is definitely a challenge. Yeah, we're in a full scramble right now. But, yeah. But we do want to thank so many people that have uh, come in and bought wines. Thank you to our listeners of Long Finish who bought the Long Finish pack. There's some new wines out there that we've suggested that are happening in advance. So thank you to everyone out there. You and know, all the customers of Esther's and all the wine club members and all the regulars and all of our personal friends and all our families and... Gosh, the love's been so felt by you guys, and I hope that you are happy drinking great wine. I'm so happy to provide that service, and I'm just, keep calling me. Yeah, she wants to chat on the phone, just like she did back in high school. It's fun. (laughs) I got a cordless there. It's like not a cell phone. It's like fun to talk on a real, actual phone, you know? Amazing. It's not like a, yeah, no earbud. It's like I'm holding it. If I have two things in my hands, I'm putting it up with my shoulder, you know, against my ear. It feels good. Well, among other things that are fun besides talking on the phone, let's talk about some wines. They're going to be great for spring and the spring approaches for people out there that want to, you know, add to their refrigerators or their collections. When you think of wine and spring, what pops into your mind? Well, certainly I think of bubbly wine because it's time to celebrate something new, some freshness, and there's just like a celebratory and sometimes lightheartedness to sparkling wine. I think about rosés because the rosés start to come out usually later in spring. My very first 2019 rosés probably will start coming in right about now. And they'll roll in through May or and some like the bandoles don't come till June. So it's a time for rosé. It's a time to drink lighter whites, whites with a lot of aromatics, floral whites. I think Albarino. I think Riesling. I think some Gruner Veltliner. I think of Chenin Blanc. I think of those varieties because I think of all those spring vegetables, the peas and the little turnips and the like gem lettuces and all these artichokes and the light, just delicate herbaceous veggies that are coming out and things that you want to like sort of celebrate with spring. And for red wine, it's getting warmer. So something a little bit lighter with some nice fruit to it or a chilled red could even be... Chilled reds have been very popular this week at Esther's, so I know that's in the air. So it's just something, you know, when the air's a little bit warmer, something on the lighter side. We got some technicalities last week, so I just want to ask you a few questions. We talk about aromatics and more floral note, like wines that have those. What are you talking about? What are you getting out of those aromatic wines? I think of like Viognier as being one of those. Yeah, Viognier is aromatic. There are certain grape varietals that are specifically aromatic. For example... Riesling. Grape varietals where you put your nose in it and it jumps out of the glass. There are other grape varietals that are not aromatic. For example, Pinot Grigio. You put your nose in there, you really have to work hard to name what you're what you're getting on the nose. It's challenging. A Riesling, so easy. Chardonnay, not an aromatic grape varietal. You kind of have to work hard. You know the descriptors, but you work at it. Something like Albarino, definitely way more on the nose. Viognier, more aromatic. So it's about how it sort of jumps out of the glass. And from the wine business side, like what wines are coming in 
during this time? Are, are any allocations coming in in the of springtime? Course. Allocations come in all the time. And by allocations, I know you mean wines that have super small production and we only get a little bit that we've had either in the past or had on reservation or something. Allocations come year round. So just to recap spring thoughts. Some rosés, aromatic whites, chillable reds. These are all things that kind of are in your wheelhouse. Sparkling. And sparkling. And sparkling. Wine. Which brings us to the wine we have tonight. Do you want to recap the wine? Yeah, so this is Somariva. Really small, family-owned. Katarina is the gentleman who owns it with his daughter, Chinzia. They do everything by hand. It's technically sustainable or lut raisonné, which is what it's called in France, which means they do everything possible to be without chemicals and only use if they absolutely must. Now, at Esther's this year, I have made the commitment over this year to only bring in wines from chemical-free vineyards. I have been a long-time supporter of Somariva. I love these wines. I think they're really doing great things to bring quality sparkling wines for amazing prices. And they are really paying attention to what they're doing in terms of the farming and the environment, but they're not organic. And so this has been kind of a challenge for me, you know, to like, do I continue to work with them? Do I not? This year I'm converting everything to being from chemical free vineyards. So I want to support them in their journey to do that. And, you know, maybe at the end of the year, I won't be able to bring them in anymore. But for now, I'm still really supporting them. Yeah, you just want to see where they're going. Maybe they'll make this commitment as well. Exactly. That's what I hope. So this wine, it, they make two wines. They make a Prosecco and then they make this sparkling rosé. And the sparkling rosé is made from Raboso, which is an indigenous red grape variety, really kind of high acid, and Pinot Nero, otherwise known as Pinot Noir. And it's made in the same... Per- method as Prosecco. Now, Prosecco is made from the Prosecco grape, formerly known as Galera, but it's also, Prosecco is a place that now it's also known as a grape variety, but it's always a sparkling wine, and it's a sparkling wine that is 99% of the time made in the Charmant method. So it's a very different method than Champagne, and in this method, the secondary fermentation takes place in big stainless steel vats rather than individual bottles. It's cheaper it's faster. There's less of that lazy, biscuity richness. It's all about fruit and freshness. And generally, Prosecco has more, a little bit more sweetness to it. It's a wine that's not as expensive. It's a wine for a warmer weather. You know, it's a wine to be drunk young. It's not a wine to age. It's just a different method of production. And usually the bubbles are a little bit softer. They're not as intense as in Champagne. It's still sparkling, but it's definitely a different beverage. And this has 12 grams of residual sugar. So it has that sweetness. That's why I said it's perfect for all day. You can have this with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And what other regions will we see the Charmont method? You can see it in all over the place. Tons of other regions for sparkling wine. You can see it in different parts of France, the United States, Lots of different regions. Unless it says Metodo Classico or Traditional Method or Champagne Method, it could be Charmant Method. In France, Cremant is synonymous with Traditional Method, but there's other sparkling wines too. And because we have so many 
listeners that have acquired this wine, can we go through some of the qualities or the tasting notes of the wine? Now, before we get into that, I want to talk about the Veneto, which is where this is from. So this is Northeast Italy. Think of Venice. It's the most known city up in the area. The Veneto actually produces more wine than any other region in Italy, believe it or not. Because of all the Prosecco, there's lots of Pinot Grigio, it's the zone for Amarone, it's the zone for Valpolicella, Suave, tons of wine. And the Veneto extends from the base of the Alps to the Po Valley. It's a pretty big region. There's 200,000 acres planted to vine. So it's a huge region. And there's a lot of, you know, what they call plonk, which is basically like, you know, not great wine. But when you do find a great Prosecco especially like quality and price at the same moment. It's awesome. There's amazing Valpolicella. There's amazing Amarone. There's amazing Suave. There are beautiful wines from the Veneto, but there's a lot of wine. So it's um doesn't necessarily mean quality when you see a wine from the Veneto. You really have to look at that region. You have to look at the specific DOC or DOCG, and you have to look at the producer. Got you. Tasting notes. Let's do it. Slow hey guys, remember. Down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Hold me again. on. Color is oh, it's like a ballet slipper pink. Peachy, peachy, pretty. And see the bubbles? They're really small, right? And they're delicate. There's they're they're not coming up like crazy. They're sort of medium. Now we drink sparkling wine out of white wine glasses. We always do. I feel like you can get your nose in there better. You can see the wine better. You experience it as a wine, not just as a sparkling wine, which is why we're drinking it like this. Yeah, and that's how they do it in France. You can swirl your glass. Comes down real fast. Not high alcohol. This is 11.5%. So that makes a lot of sense. Now we'll put our nose in there. Peach, raspberry, pear, white flowers, rocks. Maybe rocks after rainfall. Well, that's amazing. Now, and you talk about like the quality of the fruit. I mean, the ripeness. Ripe, super ripe. That really ripe pear and super ripe peach, raspberry, strawberry. It's got tons of fruit. It's just super fruity, bright, pretty, and that mineral. Now, when I taste it, I say dry or sweet. This is technically a dry wine. But there is some residual sugar. There is a bit of sweetness. Light, medium, or full body. It's light, but there's nice creaminess to the texture, right? That's what makes this wine really special because it's so bright and fresh and fruity. But it has that creaminess that sort of like is so satisfying on the front of the palate. And then on the back of the palate, there's just like acid and freshness. Obviously, we don't have to talk about tannin. The acid is medium because it's balanced by that residual sugar. And then we talk about the fruit or the things we talked about on the nose if they're present in the palate. On the palate, it's more underripe, right? I agree. It's a like slightly underripe strawberry, crunchy pear, that crunchy peach. Again, that's that old world indicator, right? Exactly. And there's this white pepper thing too, especially on the finish. I got this funny little white pepper which is just nice it's adding more layers to this simple wine quick question about your indicators do you think it's important for people who are interested in wine to kind of experience more food like white pepper is my example i don't really know what white pepper tastes like so how do you get how does one acquire that sort of tasting note 
and add to the repertoire. Now, some wine professionals would say, well, go find the thing, you know, go find all these pantry items and smell them and experience them and bring that back. I do think that's valuable. However. However, Stephen A. Smith. However. (laughs) However, for me, I think the language of wine is really its own language. And sometimes it correlates for me real with food and grocery items. And sometimes I really just recognize it in comparison to other wines. So it's about tasting with someone who knows those tasting notes. It's a lang- It's learning that language. So I do happen to know white pepper quite well, as both my parents will tell you about an incident where I really used a lot of white pepper and some mashed potatoes on one Thanksgiving and my dad will never let me live it down. But that's not really where my brain is going right now. It's going to other wines that I know that have that indicator. So for me, it's a library in my brain. And the most important thing for anyone who's tasting wine is not that you can sit in solitary and name everything But that if someone, that's why it's so beautiful to taste wine with someone else. If you're tasting with someone else and they say something, you can get that too. That's the most important thing because then you can grow your library. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So people at home who might be tasting with their partners, how do you recommend tasting their wines when they might not have the vocabulary that you have? Well, I would say do it together, you know? What do you taste? Exactly. And be open and don't be scared and take your time and be willing to go to places and not exactly know what to say. You know, sometimes in my intro to wine class, someone will say like, this smells like my grandma's couch. And I'm like, okay, talk to me about your grandma's couch, you know, instead of being like, no, that's wrong. Like, okay, what is it? You know, what, since we all don't know your grandma's couch, let's go there, you know, talk to me about that couch. And that part's fun because you're sort of getting to the root of what someone else is talking about, what they're experiencing. And, and it's fun. Don't all grandparents' houses have smells? I feel like every grandparent's house has a smell. I, I can imagine mine right this second. Both sets. I remember like, both sets different. of mine, too. It's crazy. So that's a good descriptor, but yes, you're right. Not all of us have been to everyone's grandparents. I've actually been to every grandparent's uh, <laughs> house, so I know what everyone's grandparents' couch smells like. But, but sometimes, once you taste wine enough, I'm, I'm sure everyone has something they taste all the time. They smell, oh, that always smells like Chardonnay. And once you can name those two little things that are what you're smelling in the language that everyone else is talking about, there you go. You know, that's what we're doing. Well, this wine is delicious, and, it's, and it does remind me of spring because you need that after, you know, a couple months of some reds, you know, a little bit more serious wines, shorter nights. It's nice to have the clock change. And even though we're all quarantined, have a little idea of like, oh, yeah, we're about to hit some nice springtime weather, and this is a good reminder. So with that in mind... Any pairing ideas? You mentioned a couple. Any more pairing ideas for this one? Well, certainly thinking about breakfast. I was thinking about just a frittata. Jeez, you want to start drinking like right away. I mean, you want a day off. You want the day off, and you want to start drinking. Well, I'm talking about just all the possibilities. This is a great for frittata with goat cheese and a little caramelized onion. A little breakfast at night. This could be great for lunch. Mm-hmm. Just a uh, arugula salad with some apple. This could be great for right now with nothing. <laughs> this could be great for great food pairing. Yeah, dinner time. 
perfect with that Amy's frozen pizza, no cheese. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, like just real simple avocado toast. And we do have this wine available at Esther's. We do. Yep. And I know some of you out there are drinking it with us, so thank you. And you can get this uh, wine and catch up and listen to the episode again. But if you aren't able to find this particular wine in the listener's area, what are some thoughts on how to get a wine uh, like this at some of the local wine purveyors uh, throughout the country and, and beyond? Well, you should have no problem doing that. Either a Prosecco, because this is rosé, but it's not so strongly a rosé. Just a fresh Prosecco would be lovely. Or a sparkling rosé from any number of regions. Something that is just fresh and fruity and springtimey. Well, great. Sounds like it's very accessible. So if you can't find the one we're drinking tonight, find another one, drink it with us, and enjoy the sort of beginnings of spring, which hopefully will be a change to the year that we've had so far in 2020. But we'll see. All right. This brings us to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I will go first. So last Saturday night, I was, after the kids had gone to bed, I was scrolling through social media and I saw a bunch of people on my feed on Twitter actually saying, switch over to Instagram because there's a DJ who is DJing basically from his kitchen to the world. I'm sure a lot of you have already caught on to this, but his name is D-Nice. His Instagram handle is at D-Nice. It's DJ D-Nice. I turned it on. He's doing a live party from his kitchen. And there was oh, 100,000 people listening to this DJ set from his kitchen. It was a lot of 80s soul music, but like it was so fun to see the people coming through, dropping comments from their Instagram handles. Michelle Obama, Justin Timberlake, I believe Oprah was in there, Ellen DeGeneres. And it was a really fun moment. I followed him, and he, he went from 430,000 when I followed him last week. Now he's at 1.7 million followers. It's really a capturing a cool moment, and he plays some great music. It seems like a really good guy. I've seen some interviews of him recently, and it's a, it's a fun way to bring the world together. In a week, we're all, you know, a time where we're all quarantined in our houses to get out and see, like, it's like we're all invited to a club. And no one's getting kicked out. And no one's getting guarded. So if you're if you're having a moment where you're feeling a little bit, I don't know, sluggish or tired or depressed, uh, why don't you subscribe and follow DJ D Nice and see when he's uh, throwing a little you know DJ party uh, and check that out. It was a super fun surprise. And um, I you know I danced a little bit in my kitchen. So we ought to be dancing in our kitchen a little bit right now. So that's my inspiration for the week. Shout out D Nice, Catherine. What do you have? This week, I am so, so inspired by my friends and the lovers of Esther's who have come out and shown their love. It has just been overwhelming and amazing. People emailing, calling, texting me, DMing. I feel the love, people. I am just so full of gratitude it has brought me to tears multiple times and it's keeping my business afloat. It's keeping our family afloat. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you to my wonderful, wonderful friends and regulars and lovers of Esther's. You guys are the bomb. I want to second that. It means a lot to us to see people kind of chiming in, hitting up our Instagrams and, and reaching out. And like we said earlier, calling Catherine on the phone. And that's, that's fun for me to watch you kind of get joy out of getting people some, some joy while they're in their houses and drinking some great wines. Because that's, that's, that's the goal, you know, for Esther's to begin with. It's just finding small producers, people who are passionate about the things they make and grow and giving it to people. And now's a great opportunity to do that. So thank you to you, Catherine. Thank you to the listeners and everyone out there supporting Esther's. It means a lot to us. 
Okay, that's it for episode 26. Episode 26 is in the books. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to our show. If you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, it would mean a lot to us running a contest again. So be sure to do that. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Wild Coker on Instagram and Catherine Wild Coker on Facebook. And you can find The Long Finish at The Long Finish on Instagram and The Long Finish on Facebook. You can find The Long Finish on Twitter at TLF Pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Thanks again to everyone for listening to the show. Make sure you stay vigilant these next few weeks. It's important for all of us to keep that social distance, to wash our hands, be smart, mindful, and safe. We're thinking about all of you. So we'll be back next week with an all-new episode of the show. Until then, everyone, be happy, stay safe, and happy drinking. Ciao.